You're listening to the City Church Downtown Podcast. Now here's Doug Robbins. You know, I'm pretty excited to be at church today. Not only did I get an hour extra of sleep today, which was awesome, but also I'm still a little bit hopped up on Halloween candy, you know what I'm saying? So uh, that's good. But if you're new here, we've been in this series called Tribal in which we recognize that we're better together. You know, none of us grows as a human, as a spiritual being um, apart from relationship. And so we've tried to move our church from being a crowd to being a community of people that love each other and encourage each other in our relationships with God. And we've seen that food is central to uh, the tribal spirit. So that's why we say tribes do what? Eat. Thank you very much. And because tribes eat, we're going to have food trucks here next Sunday. So if you bring a little extra cash and you want to eat at a food truck between services, make sure and be ready to do that. Also, if you wanted one of those tribal t-shirts, we've got some available next door in the coffee shop if you want to buy one of those. But one of the things that we're seeing today is that one of your most important tribes is your family tribe, right? I mean, that's a tribal unit, isn't it? The people that um, you're, you, know, you grew up with, like your parents and your mom and dad and brothers and sisters and all of that. And so um, some of you, God has called you to serve him in a single life. You were designed by God to live a single life so that you could focus on serving God in that way. And others of us are called of God to serve him within uh, the, uh, the relationship of a marriage. And so that's why I invited Pastor Shad here today to speak to us on um, our marriage relationships. And I think that this talk is going to have application for us, whether we're married or single. Um, but Pastor Shad created this class at uh, Bandera Road City Church called Reengage. And through that class, I believe Shad has restored, saved, and enhanced more marriages than any city church pastor and perhaps any pastor in this city through what he's been doing over the past few years. And because of his impact, I asked Shad if he would come here today um, and next Sunday to help us in our relationships. And so I know you're going to enjoy what he has to say. Now, before we listen to Shad and the teaching today, um, there's this text in the Bible about being, uh, we're like these vessels or jars. And a closed jar can't receive liquid into it, can it? I like to drink out those little mason jars. And when you get them, they have a lid on the top, and I always, uh, you know, got to take, take off the lid before I can pour something into it to drink out of the mason jar. And you know, our souls are like that too, is that some of us come to church and we close our jar, don't we? Um, we close our jars in several different ways. You know, some people say, well, I already know everything there is to know about the Bible, so I'm just kind of come sitting here. I, I already know it all. When you say, I already know it all, what do you do? You close your jar, right? Uh, you know, by the way, I'm glad my wife came this week for this marriage talk so she can learn to be a much better wife to me. You see what I just did there? I thought it was all about her getting herself fixed, right? And so I, I, I was thinking about someone else's stuff in their life rather than my own. That was closing, me closing my jar, wasn't it? Uh, some of you who uh, have not yet believed in Christ, um, you, you come and you think, well, that's just like Santa Claus fairy tale kind of stuff. You know what you just did? You close your jar. So you have to open your mind and your heart to receive from God. And so here's what I want you to do in light of this. I want you to turn to someone next to you, and I want you to tell them, I'm an open jar. Go ahead. It's just, there's all this pressure, you know? And sometimes it feels like it's right up on me. And I can just feel it, like literally feel it in my head. And it's relentless. And 
I don't know if it's going to stop. I mean, that's the thing that scares me the most is that I don't know if it's ever going to stop. Yeah. Well, you do have a nail in your head. It is not about the nail. Are you sure? Because, I mean, I'll bet if we got that out of there... Stop trying to fix it. No, I'm not trying to fix it. I'm just pointing out that maybe the nail is causing... You always do this. You always try to fix things when what I really need is for you to just listen. See, I don't think that is what you need. I think what you need is to get the nail See, you're not even listening now. Okay, fine. I will listen. Fine. It's just... Sometimes it's like there's this achy... I don't know what it is. And I'm not sleeping very well at all. And all my sweaters are snagged. I mean, all of them. That sounds really hard. It is. Thank you. Ow! Oh, come on! Ow. If you would just... Don't! <laughs> yeah! All right. Now, I have a feeling based on your laughter, you're identified, and some of you can identify with the man in this video. You're like, I can see the problem. Let me fix the problem. Just hush. Let me get a crowbar. Get that thing. Just let me fix the thing. And then some of you, I can tell by your laughter, you identify with the woman in this video. You're like, I got 99 problems, and I know the nail is one, but the biggest problem that's bugging me the most, I just want you to hush and listen. Listen to me. That's what so if we are honest today, we can admit that we all got some problems. And if we are honest and bold and courageous enough, we might even say, hey, some of those problems have something to do with me. It's not all her. It's not all him. Like, I own a slice of this big old mess of our problems, and if you own a slice, you have to play nice, okay? So that's our, our goal here today is, like, I want to recognize what, what's in me that's causing some of these problems, and how can I help it? So if you'll pay attention in the next 25 minutes or so, maybe less, I think we can learn some incredible solutions on what we can do with our problems and who can help us. And I thought, who can help us in a way that help, you know, kind of visually remember some things? I brought Mr. and Mrs. Mug today, because I like to play with toys still, I'll admit it. I'm 41, I don't care. Um, so let's just say Mr. and Mrs. Mug, they, they see each other across a, a, a bar downtown, I don't know, and, and, and he sees her, and he can tell she's way out of his league, right? I mean, she's all kinds of hotness inside a mug, right? But he's like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go. I'm going to give it a shot. I'm going to get some courage. I'm going to give it a shot. So he's going to give it a mug shot, but um, bump um So he goes up to her, and he's like, could I buy you a drink? And she's like, well, sure thing, you big mug of a man. And you're like... And they hold hands, and they're getting along, and they're hitting it off, and they're getting to know each other. They change their status on Facebook. They're in love, right? And he's so careful. Like, you know, they hit a few bumps every now and then, but they're, they're careful. You know, like, I don't want to hurt her feelings, and I don't want to hurt his feelings. And they hit, hit a few bumps, but they're okay. And the lids are still on, so they're kind of not knowing everything about each other. All the stuff hadn't come out yet. But he listens to her. He makes eye contact. He puts the phone down when they talk. He's pursuing her. They get cute little nicknames for each other, like, you know, Sugar Plum and Pooh Bear. And, and, and everything is going so good. They think they know everything there is to know about each other. So he pops the big question, will you marry me? And then they get married. And once they get married, the lids come off, which is the way it should be, because now, now more can come in and more can come out. But what they didn't know, that about three months into the relationship, say, they didn't hit a little bump like they had in dating. And three months into the marriage, they hit a big bump. And stuff came out. 
And she's like, what's this? And he's like, what do you mean, what's this? What's that? And she's going, I didn't know you had anger issues. And he goes, I didn't have anger issues until I married you. And there it is again. More stuff comes out. And so she goes, and she runs off and goes, I'm going to my sister. So she goes off to her sister, and she talks about him. And he goes, I'm going, I'm going. Guys don't have anyone, do we? We're slackers. Like, I'm going downstairs to the man cave. And so... Down here in the man cave, he's got this stinking thinking going, I would never, nah, what? I didn't have anger issues until she bumped me. And so it's been entertaining so far. Well, you learn anything or not. But what we got to learn here, and you might want to write this down. He thinks that blue beads come out of him because she makes blue beads come out of him. And she thinks that red beads come out of her because he makes them come out of her. And here's the profound moment. The reason blue beads come out of Mr. Mug, you ready? You got something to write down? The reason blue beads come out of Mr. Mug is because blue beads are inside of him. Y'all didn't write that down. Y'all just laughing at me. (laughs) And the reason red beads come out of Mrs. Mug is because that's what's inside of her. These beads inside of they represent our negative emotions. All of us have deep emotions in us. Some of us didn't even know what some of them looked like until we get bumped. Right? So we all get bumped growing up, especially if you have brothers and sisters. You get bumped a little bit. You get bumped at work. But nothing brings a true gut-wrenching bump like being in a romantic, committed relationship and then marriage. Those things, like lids are off. We're fully vulnerable. And when the stuff comes out, maybe sometimes we don't know what to do. You draw a circle on yourself, and you work on everything inside the circle. Or perhaps we'll look at Jesus' words, because Jesus said it this way. Jesus said it in Luke 6, 41 through 42. says, why worry about the speck in your friend's eye when you have a log in your own? How can you think of saying, friend, let me help you get rid of that speck in your eye when you can't see past the log in your own eye? This next word on the next, someone read that out loud for me, real loud. Like, you wanted to come to church today and say hypocrite loud because you know we're full of recovered hypocrites. Yeah. Hypocrite! First, get rid of the log in your own eye. Then you will see well enough to deal with a speck in your friend's eye. So the log in your eye is a lot like the, the girl in the video with a nail in her head. It's like everyone else around us can see the problem, but you've become maybe selectively blind, or maybe you're so desensitized, you just kept it pressed down and and suppressed so long, you don't even remember it's there anymore. For me, it's like this. When I read this verse um, a couple years back, and I really read it, not just I read it and kept skimming by, like, I decided to focus on, like, kind of verses by verse, and so a couple years ago, I'm focused on this verse. Don't, don't, don't just focus on the speck in your friend's eye. I'm thinking about my wife, going, I can see her specks. Man, she got some specks, and I'm God called on me. Like, I'm asking God, my prayer was point out anything in me that offends you, God. Right? And lead me along a path of everlasting life. That's my prayer. And so I saw the log in my own eye and I recognized I am a mess. So I talked to my wife later that night. She comes home and I go, honey, I'm reading the Bible and I learned something about myself. And husbands, if you want to get your wife's attention, you just start the sentence like that. I found something out about myself. And I said, honey, honey, I am a mess. And she's so beautiful. She's so compassionate. she got these big old eyes, and I thought she was just going to embrace me. And I said, honey, I am a mess. But the words out of her mouth were not the ones I expected. She said, I know. And I'm like, 
Okay, so she's seen a lot of the negative emotions in me before I even knew that they were there. But she said, I see them and I know them. So if Mr. Mug did this, like, so he's got two options. He's got log in his eye, okay, big plank in his eye. Option one, he can go, hey, honey, do I have something in my eye? She goes, well, yeah, you do, actually. And he can go, hey, I know this is going to hurt a little bit, but I need to feel to heal. I'm going to get that log out. And then I can have humility. I can embrace the fact. I can own the fact that some of the, I got some issues. Some of the problems I brought into the relationship came out of me. It's not all you. That's option one. That's the best one. That honors Christ. That's what Christ told us to do. Get rid of the plank in your own eye. Then you can see. Okay, that's option one. We all should go there. Many times we choose option two. Option two is to say, hey, this hurts. Someone caused this pain. I'm going to blame shift my pain onto someone else. And the closest someone else is usually our spouse because they're close to us. So he's going to blame all this on her. He goes, man, I feel so controlled. Why do I feel controlled? Because she's controlling. So he's going to say, sweetie, you're the most controlling woman I've ever known. You need to stop your nagging. You need to stop your controlling. And now she's going to fire back. Like she's got some red beads firing up. There's some anger inside her. Um, Now she's going to come back and go, well, you know what? You are the laziest man I have ever known. Pedrozoso is your name. You know, I wish, I, wish, I wish you would get off your rear and get a better job and make more money so that we can buy a new couch because you've worn out our current couch. You sit around all the time, you lazy jerk, and he's like, you psycho nag, I want a new mug. And he goes off here, he gets a new mug. And guess what? When he finds a new mug and they hit a bump, guess what happens? Blue beads come out of Mr. Mug again. He's like, what happened? Two times in a row? I must be a big schmuck. I keep falling for girls that make blue beads come out of me. So he goes on. He finds maybe another new love. And they hit a bump. And he lost a nose. (laughs) And more blue beads come out of him. He goes, I can't believe I keep falling for women who make blue beads bleed out of me. And here's the thing. It's like he lost an arm too. Goodness, Mr. Mug. You need some help. No matter where you go, there you are. It's like, doesn't matter who you're with, what's inside of you is going to come out of you. Regardless of who you're with, what's inside of you is coming out of you, especially in the marriage relationship, right? When the, all the protective lids are off and we let people into our, 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 our physical, emotionally, all these things, just there's intimacy there. And now there's a place to get, you can get wounded if you're open, if you're Honest, what is inside of you is coming out of you regardless of who you're with. Now, this is all fun and games if we just came to see a couple of demonstrations, but I know that you came to City Church downtown for way more than just fun and games, right? You wanted something more. The something more depends completely on you now. What are you going to do about the negative emotions that could be festering inside of you, becoming pressurized inside of you, ready to explode at a moment's notice that you wouldn't even know when? What are you going to do? the negative emotions inside of you. Now, our our Lord Jesus Christ teaches us, first off, pay attention. Pay attention to tension that's going on inside of you. Know it's there, then own it. Don't blame it on someone else, but own it. Give it a name, name it, confess it, get rid of it. Christ goes on after he gave us the the log in the eye analogy. He continues on because he's got more words words of wisdom. In Luke 6, 43, Jesus says, A good tree cannot produce bad fruit, and a bad tree cannot produce good fruit. Pretty self-explanatory. 
A tree is identified by its fruit. Figs are never gathered from thorn bushes, and grapes are not picked from bramble bushes. But a good person produces good things from the treasury of a good heart. And an evil person produces evil things from the treasury of an evil heart. So what you say flows from what is inside your heart. Now, if you're feeling like a bad tree today, first off, I want you to breathe a breath of, of just, just there's, there's no judgment here. No one's going to throw your own rotten fruit at you, right? You, you didn't come to that church today because we've all been living in evil from our, our own evil heart at times. But the good news is you don't have to stay that way. And the good news is because Christ came in. He looked at the mess you were making. He said, I'll step right into the middle of that mess with you. All of the junk coming out of you, I will help you in that, restore you. I'll give you new life, give you hope, give you a future, give you hope like an anchor for your soul, firm and secure, that's in me, Christ Jesus. So that's the good news, even if you feel like a bad tree and all you got is evil coming out of you. There's good news, gospel news, Christ has done that for me. I'll share this one quick story. When, I, when the first time I really saw the negative emotions inside of me coming out in a huge just, I didn't know that they were there, and it was in the romantic relationship. I just started dating uh, my sweet little girlfriend, who now I call my wife. And years ago, back in 1994, we're students at UTSA. I'm driving my 1982 classic Corvette. Life is good. I got her in the passenger seat, and everything's just all right. We're going to go get some lunch. But then a big truck swerved in front of us, okay? And I didn't know that I had control issues because I hadn't identified any of the junk inside of me as a punk 19-year-old kid when the story's taking place. Truck swerves in front of us. My sweet little girlfriend sitting in the passenger seat reaches over from the passenger seat and decides to take control of the situation and throws her pretty little hand on my steering wheel with my horn. She honks my horn, the audacity of that sweet little woman. She honked my horn, and I went ballistic. Like, stuff came out of me like nobody's business. Words came out of me at her. I was so angry, so just ballistic, ugly, ugly, ugly. And thankfully, in me having my big hissy fit, we didn't get in a wreck. But I did. I wrecked our relationship that day. I caused a lot of damage that had to be, like, trust had to be rebuilt. She forgave me right away, but trust had to be restored because I had made a huge mess of our relationship that day. And she looked at me and I looked at her and going, I didn't even know that much anger was inside of me. See, for so long, I just, I just stuffed emotions. I'm a stuffer. I just stuff it down there and stuff it down there and stuff it down there. And occasionally I blow up and I feel better and okay, I just move on. But I've been stuffing down, pressurizing so many negative emotions for so long, I had no idea that much was in me. So I had to pay attention to the tension inside of me. And the beautiful thing is that Christ, Christ who is such a good, loving, compassionate Savior, it's like he's walking with me in that season and he, he throws his arm around my shoulder. He takes me to the edge of the abyss of my anger and my emotions. He goes, hey, I need you to take a look at this. I don't want to take a look at this. That's ugly. That's inside of me. That's why not, we don't go to the doctors or the dentist because we, we don't want to know what ugly is inside of us. Like, no, as long as I don't go to the doctor, nothing's wrong until something major happens, like major. So Christ and all of his compassion took me to the edge of my emotions and let me see the ugliness in there and said, I'm willing to get in there with you to clean it up. That's the beauty of a Savior that loves us so much like that. So when he says, I need you to look at this, and I look at this, and I go, okay, well, now I can, I can own this. Okay, here's, like, here's a fear of failure. Here's uh, jealousy. Here's 
being unappreciated. Sometimes I feel stupid, lonely, scared, not good enough. Um, I could go on and on and on. This would be really good cheap therapy for me. Thank you for listening. But I know that I'm not the only one. Like you're going, I have some of those, I have, I have some of those feelings. And I just keep suppressing those because I don't like them because they're ugly. But when we, when we pay attention to the tension, we own them, we express them, and then we can help fix them. Right, draw the circle around yourself and work on everything inside of you with God's help inside of you. Because these emotions that stay stuffed down inside of us, they are powerful, powerful, powerful. These negative emotions stuffed down, they will drive the way you act. They will drive what you say. They will drive the way you drive, Mr. Road Rage, on the way to church. All right. What's inside of you can take over you. It can, it can shut you down. It can make you isolate yourself from those who could give you help. Um, it can throw you into seasons of depression. So this is why we look, at, we look to God's word. And 1 John 1, 8 through 9 is a, a powerful thing, a powerful truth to, for us to, to focus on now. And I, I kind of broke this passage up because it, it reads really nicely in a kind of a, a repeat after me moment. So I want to I speak the line. I want you to repeat it. Let's meditate on these words together. So repeat after me. If we claim we have no sin, we are only fooling ourselves and not living in the truth. But if we confess our sins to God, He is always faithful and just to forgive our sins and cleanse us from all wickedness. Now, this verse is so powerful because it is so true. I believe it's true. And if it's true, I don't have to live in fear. We sang earlier, I'm no longer a slave to fear because I am a child of God. There's cleansing power. When I don't have to worry about what's inside of me blowing up around me, I can know, okay, God, I'm taking this to you. I'm spending time with you. I'm gathering other believers in your name so that what's in me can come out as pure, like good stuff flowing out of a good, pure heart. So we name our emotions. This is kind of like, um, it's kind of a form of confession. And confession is not a bad word in, in this regard. If, if God is truly faithful and just to cleanse us from all wickedness, then naming and owning our emotions is a form of confession. And it brings about God's cleansing power. So let's name our emotions, take them up to God for his help. And then when it's appropriate... Like we've taken our negative emotions up to God, our feelings that are buried down deep inside of us, we express them to God. When it's appropriate, share them with someone else, maybe someone close to you. If you're married, that would be your spouse. If you're not feeling close to your spouse, this would be one of the best ways to start. You could just say, you know what, if it's Mr. and Mrs. Mug acting it out for us again, he could say, you know, honey, when I come home and the first words you say are like, so what'd you do all day? I just feel so unappreciated. All right, and now he's just, he just shared, he just shared an emotion. And if she gets offended and she can come back and all those things, that, 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 that's, a red, that's a red bead problem. But if he shares a feeling, I just feel so underappreciated. The best thing that she can say, the only thing she should say is, I'm glad you shared that with me. We say these words with me, say, I'm glad you shared that with me. Okay, each of you just proved those words are capable of coming out of your mouth. There's no block in the vocabulary. You speak the language. Okay, speak in a different language if you want to, but I'm glad you shared that with me. That's the proper response. When someone shares a feeling, you say, I'm glad you shared that with me. Thank you for sharing that with me. And the girl with the nail in her head video, he said, that sounds really hard. 
That's okay too. Because once you share that though, the next thing you share is nothing. <laughs> you got all the words there, but shut your mouth. Don't say them. Say nada. Just, I'm glad you shared that with me, period. Because if you say anything else, you're going to mess up the whole thing. You're going to come back with a comeback. You're going to come back with a, oh, let me fix that thing. Let me, let me I, oh, I got, I got 12 easy steps to fix your emotions. Or, or, oh, we get real nasty sometimes when they share an emotion and you take offense. He goes, well, you shouldn't feel that way. Or you just need to get over it. Right? Those words hurt. And now there's a whole new, now I feel, now I feel not listened to. Now I feel uh, invalidated. Oh, that's just beautiful thing that we started putting into practice years ago in our house is saying, I'm glad you shared that with me. So here's the homework today. This is what I want us to do because this, this could change. This could just put your whole relationships, uh, marriage relationships, father-son relationships, work relationships, friend relationships. Each one of you should have gotten one of these cards when you came in. This, this will change your life if you will let it. You should write, when I get bumped, the negative emotion I tend to feel is the negative emotion I tend to show the most is, you know what happens when you get bumped. You write it down. And you're going to keep the card. I'm not going to collect these up in the black. No, you later going, ha ha, sucker, I know your negative emotions. No, no, this is for you. This is for you to say, it just when you write it down, you're, you're owning it now. Now you name it, you're kind of like claiming control over it. Going, I, I, I'm going to get power over, I recognize for me personally, got some apparent anger issues. I stuff them a lot. But if I, if I own them, give them up to God, confess them, and he's faithful and just to, to cleanse me from all that kind of wickedness, my anger issues don't control me anymore. They're no, they don't have power over me. So I'm writing on this card today, when I get bumped, the negative emotion I tend to feel is anger. And then here's the, here's the go ahead and get bold with it. Over lunch or sometime today, I want you to share what's on your card with the person closest to you. And if they're on their A game, they're going to say What? Yeah, you're all going to be on your A game today. Quick story how this, this worked for, for me a couple of years ago. We put this into practice, and my, my son, Cooper, he's eight years old now. So two years ago, he lit into me. It was just, there was a moment of he was feeling really invalidated. He was feeling like I was trying to control him, and I was feeling like he's being incredibly disrespectful of me as his dad. But, man, he lit into me. We're sitting on our front porch, and I remember he just tore into me so... It was, it was like I'm festering, now I'm feeling going, dude, once he... I'm going to let him say his piece, but then when he shuts up, it's probably going to a spanking, which I realized doesn't work with him at all because he just hits me back. Uh, he always said, since he was two years old, he just like spanked me, and like, so what spanking does not work in that, that kid's life. Um, I'm going to listen to him. And he lit into me, and he lit into me, and he, and he shared his feelings and he shared his emotions. He pointed the blame at me a lot. I'm, he's six. I'm not going to call him out on it. He was six. But after he was done, he took a breath. I said, Cooper, I'm so glad you shared that with me. And he buried his head into my chest. And he says, I'm just so glad you're my dad. <laughs> I'm like, it works. It works. So just a moment, he just wanted to be heard. That's all, that, that's all that needed to be happening that day. He just wanted to be heard. And many of us, it's the same way. We've exploded over people in our world. Maybe it's just bringing these to God. And you bury your head into his chest. And he is faithful and he is just. He will let you bury your head into his chest. And you'll feel the heartbeat of God that beats for you. And he'll know he loves you, he loves you, he loves you. And then we're going to be so careful. We're going to own the negative emotions in us. We're going to say, that, that one's mine. I'm going to own that. I'm going to claim it. I'm going to confess it. And God, by your grace, I'm going to ask you to fix it. 
So right now, just in a moment of prayer, I want us to ask God that he will help us in these. Can we pray together? Let's lift these up to God. Father in heaven, you and you alone, you are holy, holy, holy. We are nothing without you, and we thank you for the incredible, beautiful, wonderful gift of holy matrimony. For those of us and blessed in that gift right now, I pray that you would continue to bless us with great faith and hope and love to pursue each other the way you have called us to pursue. For those of us looking forward to that relationship someday, help us to grow with great faith and hope and love that we would be the kind of uh, spouse that we would hope to be married to someday. Help us to own the emotions inside of us, to pursue you, to have that hope, hope like an anchor, firm and secure for our souls. And that hope would be so strong in our churches and in our families and our marriages, Father. Thank you for Jesus Christ. In his good name we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening. For more information, visit citychurchdowntown.com.